Hello, you're listening to Living Appalachia. I'm your host, Brendan Blevins. Today we are talking with Gracie Shepard about bear racing, rodeo, and her business, Spurring G Equine. How are you doing today, Gracie? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Um, so let's just get started off here and uh, talk about how you got into barrel racing. Um, what, what's the story with that? So I've always had horses um, from the time I could walk, really. Um, my parents, they have always trail rode, and they I grew up around horses, and I started showing halter horses when... Um, I was probably 10 years old and barrel racing had always been something that I had been interested in and I had a halter horse and I sold my halter horse and got into barrel racing so it just went up from there um, and then I turned it into a business so I was blessed to be able to rodeo and travel from Colorado, Texas, Oklahoma expanding my equine knowledge and now I can share it with all of my clients um, through my business. So how many clients do you have at the moment? Um, Kid-wise probably over 40 and I give a lot of kids lessons. That's what um, I guess I really specialize in. And I give adult riding lessons too, but kids have been my main focus. Um, I do kid camps in the summertime and I've had anywhere from 30 to 50 kids at a time. So I have a lot of clients and some of my clients, you know, come and go, just like if somebody's looking for a horse, I'll help them find a horse, help them sell a horse, but so, they come and go, but I have, I've been lucky, lucky to have a lot of good clients. So how many horses do you have yourself? Um, so I'm responsible for about 30 because um, I board a lot of horses. I have a lot of first-time horse owners that don't know anything about horses, so I help them learn how to take care of their horse, um, but I'm responsible for them and take care of them and feed them. But personally, I have 10, so I have 10 out of the 30. <laughs> All right. Of all your horses, and I know it's hard to pick a favorite here. It's like, you know, with having anything. But what's your favorite horse? Yeah, you're you're right. It's hard to pick a favorite. It's just like picking a favorite kid, you know, asking your mom and dad, hey, who's your favorite kid? <laughs> um, probably Rascal. Rascal is my top barrel horse, and I've had Rascal um, for about five years, and I bought him off of an NFR um, qualifier, Sydney Blanchard. Um, so for those... Those of us listening that don't know what the NFR is, what is that? It's the National Finals Rodeo, and it is where all kinds of rodeo contestants throughout the year in bull riding, saddle bronc, roping, barrel racing, and now they've even added breakaway. Um, you know, they compete all year and earn money all year, and they take the top 15 in each event to the National Finals Rodeo, which takes place in Las Vegas. Um, every December. So Sydney was an NFR qualifier and I had bought Rascal off of her and he really helped me chase my rodeo dreams. So this is like a top level horse? Yes, yes. Rascal, he is, he's 14 years old. Um, when I bought him, he had been to the college finals in breakaway, healing, and barrel racing. So of course I didn't know how to rope so the barrel racing is what struck my attention on him. Um, but I was 
I literally sold a truck to buy him, so <laughs> I was like, well, at least I have a horse. Don't have any wheels, but I had a horse. <laughs> but it sounds like a, a worthwhile investment if uh, for that level of horse and for him to be your favorite. That's oh, got to be a... Oh, yeah. He's he's definitely, he's been my favorite. I wasn't looking for a horse when I had him, um, but he kind of fell in my lap, and Sydney helped me a lot with him. Um, I literally was in Texas um, staying with Kimberly Blackman. And I wasn't with my parents. I was 16 years old and called my dad and I said, hey, I'm getting on a plane and I'm going to fly from Houston to Dallas to go try three horses. And he's like, do what? Like, you don't even have any money. Like, you're 16. How are you going to buy these horses that you're supposedly trying? I'm like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. And prior to that, um, before I went out there, that was my Christmas present that my parents, you know, my dad took me out there with my horse at the time, Rosie, and I would stay out there for months. And I would work out there and earn money and, you know, learn more about barrel racing and just horses in general. So before I went out there, I had I had a truck. I had, it was a 1995 7.3, and that was my 16th birthday present because I had to have a truck. And this truck was a long bed, and I wasn't a very good driver. And my dad's like, you do not need this as your first vehicle. So I was like, well, fine, I'll park it and, you know, drive it when I can. And his friend had a car and offered me a really good deal on it. It was a Mercedes, and I bought that. You know, I took out a loan, paid the payments on it, so I had a truck and a car. But me and my dad had argued and argued for months over me not needing two vehicles. And I was like, no, I need two vehicles and I'm going to make it work. So when I found Rascal and I loved him, I called my dad after months of arguing and I said, hey, I'm selling my truck and you're going to have to take care of that for me because I'm in Texas. But I'm going to post it on Facebook and you've got to deal with all these people interested in it because I'm going to buy a horse. So I sold my truck and that was the down payment on Rascal and had to take out a loan for the rest of them, but I knew that he would pay for himself um, once we got together and started rodeo, and so it just went up from there. But yeah, he kind of just fell in my lap. He was really, he was a huge blessing. So you said uh, he'd pay for himself. So in rodeo, how much does a uh, payout typically, like how much is that for a win at a barrel race? So it depends on um, like what level you're competing at or where you go really and how big the pot is. But locally, you can go to any rodeos like on the East Coast. They're typically like 500 to 1,000 added rodeos and they'll pay out, you know, anywhere from 500 to $2,000. Um, and you know that takes place over the weekends and a lot of times if you plan out your trips then you can hit multiple rodeos in a weekend and have potential to you know not just win at one rodeo you can win at multiple rodeos it's just a, it's a lot of traveling and you were telling me before uh, the show started that you have had weekends where you've done three rodeos in a weekend oh yeah I have done um, they have a thing called Cowboy Christmas, and that takes place during like the fourth, of, the whole week of the Fourth of July, and even like past that. Um, like if you go out west, like Cowboy Christmas is huge. You could probably go to like I don't even know how many rodeos <laughs> in a week, but it, it's pretty big on the East Coast too. So the biggest trip that I um, had ever done, like as far as going to a crazy amount of rodeos in a certain amount of days, state-wise and everything. Um, it was probably about two years ago, and I was traveling like with the Southern Rodeo Association, so SRA, mm -hmm. and I went to, I think it was eight rodeos in like, 
five days and they were in like six to seven different states and it was it was crazy and really exhausting but we we made it we would literally at some rodeos we would be like oh there's there's two rodeos and they're an hour and a half apart so if we enter in performance in one of them and slack in the other one we can just throw our horses on the trailer and haul butt to get to the next one so I'm glad we didn't pass any state troopers, but we made it. <laughs> um, what What's the appeal to radio for you? Um, is there like something that just stuck out and you're like, I need to be a part of this? I think it's just the whole atmosphere. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it's the adrenaline. Like when I was showing halter horses, I just didn't, I guess, get any adrenaline out of it. And I've always been kind of a risk taker and like the adrenaline. So the rodeos just performing in front of that many people and going to all these towns, the traveling. So I love rodeo, but I also love the traveling part of it. I get to go to these random towns and, you know, then there's a rodeo and you're performing in front of hundreds of people and you don't even know them. Like that's just, you know, that's their hometown. And so they look at you like, oh, that's cool. She's from another state. Like they think you're famous and you're like, no, I'm just here to rodeo. But I don't know. It's really cool getting to travel and, you know, meet friends that literally do the same thing as you um, and go to all these different rodeos. You'll have friends from all kinds of, di of different states and y'all literally see each other, you know, on the weekends because you'll enter the same rodeos. So it's a lot of fun. And I just love um, barrel racing because, you know, I, I feel like I really connect with my horse and you have to know your horse because you're running super fast and going around three barrels and it's a lot. Your horse has to figure out you and you have to figure out your horse. So I think it's, I think it's a challenging sport and that's why I love it so much. In barrel racing, is there any uh, danger? I know a lot of people see rodeo that aren't around rodeo is kind of like a out there, like cowboy wild, wild west type thing. Oh yeah. Rodeo what? is, you know, it's all or nothing. So, like, rodeos compared to just barrel races, that's why you always hear something about rodeo ground compared to, like, barrel racing ground. I mean, rodeos kind of, you get what you get. And it the way they pay out, you know, it's first, second, third, and you know, so many other places they pay out. So you have to be at the top to be able to win money. And you got to think, you know, when you're traveling and putting so much time and money into fuel and everything you're going to give it your all but you've also got so many other people there to give their all so it's tough like i would say rodeo is you know probably one of the toughest sports i'd uh, i'd have to agree with you on that yeah <laughs> but uh you know i don't know if you're familiar with the show yellowstone but have oh, yeah. you <laughs> have you seen a uh increase in people wanting to learn how to ride horses or barrel race since that came absolutely. out absolutely yes everybody since they've been watching yellowstone they think they can get out there and be a cowboy or cowgirl and they don't i guess they don't really know what it takes but you know i think it is good for the industry though because there's so many people out there that do want to learn and see what it takes so that's where I can help too, like with my business, I get a lot of people that just want to know they've never known before how to ride a horse or anything like that. So I can show them everything and, you know, teach them. So, but I think it's been good for the industry as far as more people wanting to, you know, do this sport and get into riding horses and ranching and um, all of that. So I think Yellowstone's definitely increased yes. that. <laughs> So um, we've talked about your business a little bit, but tell us about that. Like, what uh, 
What's your main goal with your business? So when I started this business, um, I've gave lessons for probably four to five years just on the side to make some extra money and it had only been to like friends and family that had asked me to give riding lessons and when I started this in January just last year I took over a lease of a barn in Chilhowie and um, I you know had intentions of making enough money to pay my rent because I just was like you know I can't sink a lot of money into something that's not mine um, so I wanted to make enough to pay my rent and I started it and I really, I just got a passion for seeing these kids um, with horses and just not even just kids, people in general. I think horses are a big therapy tool, whether people realize it or not. Um, but seeing the amount of lives that I've been able to impact with getting them around a horse has just, you know, really blessed me. So my ultimate goal is to just keep doing what I'm doing and continue to bless, you know, different families with just that love of a horse. Um, I've had a lot of kids that have came from not so good situations and bad home lives. And, you know, I've had, I've had kids come to me that they wouldn't even talk to me for weeks and their parents were like, you know, we just can't get them to smile. And they've came for lessons and just being around that horse, they'll start talking with a horse and, the horses will really bring out the best side of them and you know it's it's gave them something to look forward to so I think it's a good therapy tool so you know I do it because I love it and it makes money and that's my job but I feel like it's not my job because I do really love it so much um, I'm just thankful that I was able to make it my full-time thing with your business do you have any young people that you think are going to take over like in barrel racing in the next few years? Oh yeah, I have, you know, and I I can usually tell within the first couple lessons, I can tell who's really passionate about it because they, I have a lot of girls and they remind me of me when I was younger. Um, I can look at them and I can just see the drive that they have and that's the thing in this sport, you've got to have the drive. Um, it's not just, you know, you go to practices and stuff, but it's not just you going to practices. You've got to keep these horses in shape. They're athletes too, so you've got to make sure they're healthy. Um, so it really takes a lot of drive and in some of these kids, I can really see the drive and that they have it. So I'm, I'm excited to see where their future takes them, but I think some of them will potentially be working for me in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> Um, with that, at what age do you, would you put a kid on a horse? Like at what age do you think they're at the size where they can take control and actually ride the horse on their own? I have, um, kids right now as young as three, and I wouldn't say that they could fully control a horse just because their ability, you know, they're not strong enough to be able to hold the reins and stuff, but that doesn't mean they don't still love it. Um, I have three-year-olds that literally just love being around them and they'll ride and I lead them around and everything, but they, I don't think they comprehend what I'm teaching them as to, you know, a five-year-old or a six-year-old would take in. But as far as barrel racing, um, you know, the younger you start, I think younger kids are more fearless and it's easier to get into anything, You're not just barrel racing if you start at a younger age. So whenever they start showing that they want to get into horses and barrel racing. It's just, it's based on the kids' abilities and how much they want to do it. So I wouldn't put an exact age on it because I've got, you know, all ages and they all have different dreams with barrel racing and horses. And that's, that's all 
fine because it just keeps it interesting. So seeing everybody's goals. Yep. And uh, just for everyone listening, um, what's the name of your business again and uh, how could they get in contact with you? Um, the name of my business is Spurrin G Equine and you can find me on Facebook or you can give me a call at 276-698-6237. So uh, if anybody's looking to get into barrel racing out there, I'd say this is uh, who you should contact and definitely look her up. Um, is your family like really into horses? Um, is that part of what drove you into this? Um, my family, they've had horses my entire life, but they've really focused on trail riding and just having horses in general. And, you know, I grew up trail riding and not competing as much. My dad used to be on the mounted patrol team with the sheriff's office and he used to rope some a long time ago. I don't even ever remember really seeing him roping. So, but I guess that's where it kind of comes from is my family having me around horses. Um, and I've always had a love for them since I've been younger, but getting out there when I was showing halter horses and just, you know, seeing the world, I went all the way to Oklahoma, um, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, to go to the AQHA Youth World Shows and getting out there and getting to see how many different people travel and do this, that really, that really sparked my interest of, hey, you know, if I want to barrel race, I need to just get out there and do it. So you said your dad also uh, did a little bit with roping and stuff like that yeah. a while ago. Which one of you is the better rider? Um, and I know well, you're probably going to be biased. It, depend it depends on if my dad's listening or not. <laughs> so um, if I would say I, I ride more now, um, I wouldn't say that I'm a better rider than my dad because he's stronger. I mean, he lifts weights and stuff all the time. <laughs> so if it comes to riding a bronc or something or a colt that, you know, is giving me a run for my money, then I would say my dad would be one to handle it. But my dad used to... Um, when I was younger, he would break horses for people, and he used to be fearless with them. And he actually just told me the other day, I was on um, my two-year-old colt, and he looked at me and he said, um, you know, used to, you were watching me break these things, and now I'm looking at you and just thinking, you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. So I think my dad has a different aspect on it now as to seeing his daughter do something that he used to do. Um, I would say I have more patience with them. My dad, he... You know, he used to have like the patience for colts and stuff, but he says that he's too old to get hurt. <laughs> so I would say that my dad is a stronger rider, but I'm a more patient rider. So I wouldn't, I would say we have better areas. I'm definitely a better barrel racer than my dad, <laughs> but <laughs> I wouldn't expect him to get out there and run barrels or anything. So I would say we both have better, you know, we're good at different things as to dealing with the horses. If it's something more masculine and you know <laughs> yeah. he needs to do that because he's stronger but I have the I think I have more of like the drive to travel and get out there and do it and the patience with the horses and I guess I'm more up to spend more money on these horses so <laughs> I tell him all the time that he's the one that's really ruined me as far as buying horses because when I was younger my parents um, you know they let me keep my horses at their place and that was no problem but it's like I would always have to ask if I could buy a horse. So I had two horses for the longest time. So last January when I started this business and I got that barn, 
I went a little crazy. I mean, I have 10 horses now. So in January, I had two, and now I have 10. So <laughs> I tell my dad, because he tells me I need to sell some, I'm like, you're, you're the cause of this. Like, if you wouldn't have, like, told me I couldn't buy all these horses, then I wouldn't have went so crazy about it. But I love them, and I have to have them for my business. So it works out. Now, you've said you've traveled quite a bit for rodeos. What was your all-time favorite rodeo? Um, as far as competing or going to? Well, well, both. Okay, so going to would probably be the um, Houston Rodeo. So I got to travel with um, Sydney Blanchard, the NFR barrel racer that I spoke about earlier. I got to travel a whole winter with her going to all these pro rodeos out west, and it was awesome because I was behind the scenes. Like I would ride horses with her, and I would be surrounded by nothing but professionals. So I was totally fangirling, but I could not fangirl because, you know, that was their normal. They're warming up their horses the same way I do, so I'm just <laughs> trying to keep it cool. But I was in the arena with world champions, and I'm like, oh, my God, like that's, like, that's crazy. But probably the Houston Rodeo was my favorite that I had ever been to um as far as competing wise um probably the san antonio rodeo and barrel race that they do i did the barrel race part of it so i didn't do the actual rodeo there because that was like a pro rodeo and i was a lot younger it's when i first got into it but just being able to compete against like that level of riders um that was a really cool one for me what's a uh... What's your best time as far as rodeoing goes? Like, what was your best uh, time around the barrels? So, um, in barrel racing, the patterns vary. Like, if you go out west, they have bigger arenas and stuff, and they run more, like, standard patterns. So, up here, we seem to have more smaller arenas, and all arenas are different. So, the barrel pattern, a lot of people you know, think that all barrel patterns are the same. And initially they are, it's three barrels and a timer, but you know, barrels can be closer or farther apart. But I guess the best that I had ever done, it was a small pattern, but I ran a 12-9, but like I said, it was a small pattern. <laughs> so um, I don't think there really is a fastest time in barrel racing just cause like the patterns are all different. Now, if you go out West and you're just running on like standard patterns, then, you know, you can more base like your fastest times off of that. But on the East coast, we have so many different arenas and stuff. It's, it's just based upon the arena. Um, do you have a goal of going pro and competing against uh, some of those NFR people one day? So when I was younger, all I used to ever say was, as soon as I turned 18, I'm getting my pro card and I'm going for the world. I'm, I'm doing it. And that had been, you know, a goal of mine. And I had always said, a lot of people always say that and they don't have intentions of doing it, but I did. So, you know, when I was rodeoing at 16, 17 years old, I was traveling all over the East Coast and I was ready to, you know, take it to the next level and see the aspects of like pro rodeo and see if I could do it or not. That's why I was on the road with Sydney. So I could see, you know, how much they really put into it and how to do it and plan all these rodeos. But um, I guess I, my plans changed when I started this business and I love what I do and I'm thankful for what I do and I'm still able to compete and travel just as much but it's just more on the east coast so I guess my plans right now are to keep focusing on my business um, 
and since it's you know going good uh, god always has a plan and i guess i think he's put me where he wants me to be like i said i didn't anticipate this to be my full-time thing um but it's where i'm at now so i think i'm just going to focus on my business and continue to go to big rodeos around here but going for pro i mean that's you're looking at you know spending your whole life on the road i travel a lot but i'm still home during the week to do lessons and ride these horses and everything when you're traveling professionally you're on the road non-stop and it, you know it, it takes a lot and you've got to be winning to be able to make it because um, you're spending a lot on fuel and entry fees and keeping these horses going. A lot of people don't realize how much it costs just to keep these horses going. Like I've mentioned before, they're athletes. So, you know, my horses get injections. They have a chiropractor. They have a dentist. I mean, they, they get it all. So I guess going pro isn't, you know, in the plans right now, but you never know. Things could change. So it would still be a lifelong dream of mine to get out there and at least try it, whether I made it or not. Um, but it, it just depends. I guess it depends on what horses I have in my life too. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we switch topics here real quick, I just want to let everyone know there's some traffic going northbound on 81 between Bristol and Abingdon. Um, and if you're listening, would like to give us a call or ask Gracie a question. Our phone number is 276-944-6929. So, um... <clears throat> Are you are you from this area originally? Yes, I'm originally from Conorock, Virginia, and I moved to Abingdon, Virginia, and we've done a lot of moving over the years, but right now um, I live in, like, near Widener's Valley, so I'm not too far away from here. <laughs> Is, uh... With all your travel, what was your favorite place? Do you Do you like it back here more than out west? Or if you had to pick an area to kind of live with your business I mean if I could like I love like where I'm at right now just because like you know all my family and friends are here but I'll be honest if I could like take Texas and like bring it here and make the whole <laughs> atmosphere here like Texas like I would be in heaven because I used to always say too when I turned 18 I'm leaving I'm going out west and <laughs> I, I just love it out there you know it's it's what everybody does it's I, a lot of people don't do what I do around here um and travel a lot and when you go out there everybody does like everybody's got a horse everybody rodeos or something it's just a different atmosphere I guess it's not it's more normal yeah. so I love it here and I don't like the heat out there in the summertime but I also don't like the cold winters here so that's why I used to um, when I was younger and I guess before I had to start adulting I would go out um, to Texas and Oklahoma and New Mexico and I'd spend my winters out there and that's when I would go on the road with Sydney and I'd stay with Kimberly Blackman and get to learn just all about horses and everything and I was homeschooled so I could do that but that was before I had to start paying my own bills so <laughs> I can't just leave for the winter time now but that would be the ideal situation was to just bring the Texas atmosphere here, here yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> As far as uh, rodeoing goes, if you had to pick another sport within your traditional rodeo besides barrel racing, what would, what do you think you would do? Um, well, 
I used to say I always wanted to ride a bull because I've always been an adrenaline seeker. So I think I would still like to attempt it at least a time or two. It probably, you know, wouldn't last too long because it would end up getting me hurt so I couldn't barrel race. So I guess more realistically, if I was to do another sport, I would get into breakaway. Um, and I have been doing some cowgirl triathlons at ranch rodeos lately. And I'm not not good at it but I'm like hey I know how to barrel race so I know at least three of or one out of three of the events you have to do for a triathlon so a triathlon you have to you break away and what breakaway is you have a calf that comes out and you have to throw your rope and catch your calf and then your rope breaks away from your saddle hence the name breakaway <laughs> so then after you catch your calf you run into your first barrel and do all three barrels like a normal barrel pattern and when you come out of your third barrel you have to jump off your horse and tie a goat so when i first did the first one at rich valley fair i just did it to have fun you know it was a local one and i had a blast with it and then i was like well hey that didn't go as bad as i expected and it was kind of fun so i've started doing um some triathlon so i think i would get into breakaway if i was to do another rodeo event if I could ever get the roping down. Yeah. I usually end up just catching myself. <laughs> yeah, roping definitely is difficult. Yes. <laughs> now, uh, with a different style of riding, we are at Emory and Henry today. Um, what do you think about the English world compared to the Western world? It's a whole lot different, you know. I think it's the same as far as we all have the same love for our horses and the same passion for just a different sport you know just like people love soccer and people love football it's kind of the same thing but it's still to do with the horse and I think English takes a lot more um, patience because I feel like it's you know a lot more like slower and barrel racing and anything like that it's like you know all or nothing so <laughs> Um, but I, I like English and I rode English a couple times and it's just the saddles and everything are a lot different. So I, I respect the girls that ride English cause I'm like, where's the horn? Like, <laughs> but I know they're also not running full speed on a horse turning barrels either. So it's, you know, you just need different equipment for different sports. But I will say that I've had some, um, English kids that have you know came from English and started Western and those kids they have better balance I mean so as far as if I have any kids and they've been in English and then come to Western I can see a big difference in their balance uh, so I think English teaches you the best balance because you don't have that horn so <laughs> <laughs> so I respect it I don't it's not that I don't like it it's just you know I'm busy enough doing barrels and everything else. If I could, I would try everything to do with the horse and then just yeah. see what I like. But my passion is in Western and, um, you know, especially barrel racing. So that's what I do now. But I'm not against English. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was a good answer here because if, if it would have been anything bad about English, I'm worried we would have some people lined up outside I know, I might, <laughs> might have to go look at my truck. My tags do say Spur and G-Equine, <laughs> so they'll be like, that's that's that girl's truck, so... No, no need to trash my truck or anything. I'm for English. <laughs> um, so as far as being profitable in the Western world, since, you know, you can do rodeos like you do, you train horses and, you know, give lessons and stuff. What do you think the best way to be profitable with horses is? Um, I think the best way is to 
start like I did and at first I just wanted to pay for my rent and the next step was to pay for my own horses cost. So if you have your own horses and you're looking to start a business, look for ways that you can make money with your own horses so they can pay for themselves um, and use your own horses to make money. I mean, I give, you know, lessons off of my personal horses and I use, you know, if I have a client that brings in a horse and I need to give them specific lessons on that horse or if, if somebody buys a horse and they have a horse and takes lessons with me, then I'll give them lessons on their own horse. But I use my own horses to... I travel to birthday parties and different random events that want horses, so I found a way to make it profitable with my own horses because, I mean, they're they're expensive. So <laughs> I, I guess just figure out what works best for you um, time scheduling-wise and go from there as far as what you can do to make it profitable. Um, yeah, I've heard horses can be quite expensive. Um. A lot of people around here refer to them as hay burners. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I hear hear that a lot. Um, you know, um, it's most like people that have cattle and they don't, they're like, no, they're, you know, horses don't make you no money. And and if you're, if they're just sitting in the field, no, they're not going to make you any money unless you're selling them or something. But I wouldn't say that horses can't be profitable, but I they do cost more to take care of than cattle and everything. So I can get how they... I call them hay burners sometimes if I'm real <laughs> mad at them or something, so I get it. Um, but they they are they are expensive, but I think there's just something cool about horses, um, and I try not to I try to use mine for you know what they need to be used for, and I don't want them to just sit out in the pasture and be hay burners. So <laughs> <laughs> I try to make them be profitable. <laughs> now, a lot of people listening in this area are aware of Grayson Highlands and the ponies there. Is there any real difference besides the size that makes those ponies ponies and makes a barrel horse a bear or like any horse a horse? Um, well, you know, of course the size is a big difference, but I think ponies have attitude. So anytime that I have um, a parent come to me and they're looking to buy their kid like their first horse slash pony, they're like, everybody thinks that you just need to go get a pony because they're little. And I'm like, listen. Ponies typically have attitude. Like they're they're a little bit more wiry than just your average bigger kid broke horse. So I love ponies. I think they're adorable, but I think you know you gotta watch out for them little ones. They they got attitude. They'll get you. <laughs> yeah. So I better not go up to Grayson Highlands this weekend now, and steal those, myself one. Yeah, those ponies <laughs> up there they see so many people. They're pretty they're pretty chill. Um, you know, they don't get road, so they don't really have a need to have attitude or anything. I think it's really when you start asking them to work or anything. And there's some really good ponies. My first horse was a pony, so um, there's some good ones. I just think they're, you've got to have more patience for ponies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking of patience, when you're working with kids, is it more frustrating to teach an adult how to ride or teach a kid how to ride? Both. Both. <laughs> both. It depends on the kid or the adult. Yeah. So um, I would say both. And it depends on how um, much, you know, they're really into it. Um, I have a lot of kids that they would want nothing more than to ride a horse. And then I've also saw that I have, you know, parents that want their kid to ride yeah more than the kid wants to. So those are the ones that are, you know, harder to teach, but um, I'm, you know, fortunate enough to be able to adjust my 
teaching skills and I can teach any kids or adults and that's why I do one-on-one -on -one lessons because I couldn't imagine trying to keep teach kids and adults at the same time because <laughs> they everybody learns different but it's not just kids that learn different I mean adults learn different too so um, now you've grown up in this region have you seen you know a move towards a certain type of agriculture in this region growing up here um, whether it be from like tobacco to cattle to cattle to horses sheep is there I think more um, people around here are getting into cattle um, I see a lot more younger people just getting out there and buying cattle and starting a farm and I think it's really cool that our area I think is getting more into just the western industry in general not just with specifically horses or cattle just getting into farming and stuff um, in general it's really cool to see how many young people that are starting to get interest in it and that's a good thing I'm I'm blaming that half of that on uh, Yellowstone yeah, like we like, talked about earlier yeah exactly what we said earlier <laughs> so I think it's a good thing I'm glad that Yellowstone has you know more people I guess understand our lifestyle too even if it's people that don't look to get into the Western lifestyle I think after watching Yellowstone because people that aren't Western at all are watching Yellowstone I think that they can see and they don't take it for granted as much anymore as how much hard work that everybody in the Western industry puts into it whether it's farming, rotted horses or anything they're all animals and they rely on us to take care of them so I mean it's it's hard work you've got you know you can't just you don't have quitting times and yeah. any anything to do with any kind of farming animals there's no quitting time so um, I think that people are can see that now and they can relate to it more now hopefully <laughs> yeah and just to be clear to everyone listening I don't know any farmers around here who ride around in helicopters if you've watched the show <laughs> uh, there's not too much of that but um, do you think working cattle on horseback will uh, become a thing back here Yes, um, I've actually, you know, I think it's even gotten a little bigger around here just recently. Um, I see more people using horses to work cattle and stuff. I mean, you know, that's what they did back in the olden days. That's that's what they had. And I hear all the time, oh, we got four-wheelers for that, <laughs> or, you know, and that's great. I, I ride four-wheelers too. I'm not against four-wheelers. But there's some places that you can't get a four-wheeler and you need a horse. And I think it's just something about um, being on a horse and being able to move cattle on them or work cattle, whatever you're doing with them, it's just cool because you're using an animal to, you know, correspond with another animal and get the job done. So doing ranch rodeos recently, um, you know, I've, I don't have cattle. Um, I've been around cattle here and there, but not a lot. So going to these ranch rodeos and being on my horse and, you know, the ranch rodeos, they use cattle for those events. It's just been really cool seeing how my horse you know it's kind of like an instinct to them if it's bred into them if they're cow bred then it's their instinct to cut that calf off or you know anything like that so I think it's really cool to just watch and see to, yeah. yeah so I mean I'm excited to see how it goes around here um I hope I hope to that it continues to grow and more people start using horses <laughs> yeah and especially with uh working cattle on a horse I feel like you just look so much cooler oh yeah <laughs> I mean you know you get to you get to be a real cowboy up there on a horse <laughs> yeah yeah and speaking of that um 
Do you think the industry for like there's dude ranches out west? Do you think there's a chance for anything like that on the east coast around here? I think it would do really good um, up in this area just as far as just doing my business and I've not really got out there and you know I have Facebook but you know I don't have any billboards or commercials or anything like that and just doing what I do I've had people come in like tourist wise that have been in this area and are just looking to ride a horse and you know I think a lot of that does result back to like Yellowstone and stuff everybody's like hey let's go to a country area and see if we can ride a horse but just in my business I've saw like a big change in people wanting to do that so I think if we had like a big dude ranch or something around here I think it would be really good um, and you know there's people that live in big cities that don't get the opportunity to just see the horses and how to take care of them and stuff like that and cattle and everything that will pay big money to come in and just see how everything goes down. So I think if we had something that would be open to the public in this area that it would do really good. What's your business? Do you teach um, people how to take care of their horses? Because I imagine you probably get a few people that have never done anything with a horse. Yes. <laughs> do you teach them like the process of everything from tacking up a horse to feeding it every day? Yes. Yeah, so. Um, in my lessons, I teach everything, like when the kids show up or adults, whoever it is, um, you know, the horse, they aren't saddled. They're typically not caught. Like they get to see the whole process of, hey, we got to go catch this horse. We got to saddle it. We got to groom it. We have to do all of that. And then I have a lot of people that have never owned a horse and they felt like since they have me that they can buy that horse because where I do board them, um, they can board with me, but they also get to see how to take care of them. So potentially if they ever wanted to get their own place to keep their horse, they would know how to take care of it. So I get to help people really see the hands-on how to take care of a horse. Cause I mean, it's hard. They're a lot of work. <laughs> and you said you have 30 horses, correct? That are under your care? Yes. What does an average day look like for you? Because right now with one of my classes, I have to take care of one horse and it's kicking my butt. <laughs> yes, it depends on the level of like horses too. I mean, I have like hard keepers and easy keepers and all of that, but um, that's why I kind of had to make this a full-time thing. My business kept like growing and I kept getting in more horses and trying to juggle it all was a lot. So um, it's my full-time thing right now. So. I've got um, a girl that helps me. Her name's Bailey, and she's awesome. I don't know what I would do without Bailey, so <laughs> shout out to Bailey. But um, she feeds for me in the mornings because um, I was going to school and was juggling, like, all that, and I also was working at a real estate office. So okay. trying to juggle, like, all of that was hard. So <laughs> Bailey feeds for me in the mornings, especially having two barns now because I have a barn in Chilhowie and Bristol. So Bailey will feed for me in the mornings and then I'll go in and during the day is when I will ride, like I get in client horses that need tuning or getting started on barrels or, you know, I I ride some colts, um, depending on the colt. If it's a crazy bronc stomper, I'm probably not gonna <laughs> do it. But if they're a pretty good minded colt, I've broke some colts this year and um, I'll do that during the day and I also take in consignment horses, so people that are selling a horse and so they don't have to deal with the headache of trying to sell a horse and get it ready and all that, 
they can send their horse to me and I'll get it ready and I'll show the horse and I'll ride it um, while it's with me and then you know I get a commission out of it just like selling anything um, so during the day is when I will ride my um, you know consignment horses and then in the evenings is when I start lessons um, in the summertime I was doing kid camps and they would be week-long kid camps and those were a lot of fun they were exhausting but they were a lot of fun I got to meet a lot of cool kids um, but during the summertime you know kids are out of school so they can take lessons all throughout the day and when school started back because I mean this is the first full summer that I've done this so in the summertime I took on a lot more kids because I had the time because it was summer mm -hmm. and then they went back to school and I was like okay now I only have from you know four o'clock in the rest of the evening because by the time kids get out of school they can't start lessons until four o'clock so I was doing lessons all day long and then they went back to school and I'm like whoa I don't have a lot of time like it's just me like it was it was a lot but we figured out how to make it work um and my mom's been helping me um do lessons some and Bailey so we make it work amongst all of us to be able to you know give enough lessons to all the kids so I ride during the day and you know clean stalls do all that I try to if I need to go to the vet or anything do my errands during the day because I mean you know with horses there's a ton of errands like I've got to go get feed got to go get hay it's there's always something and there's always something hurt usually that needs doctored <laughs> or anything like that so I do all that stuff during the day and um, try to be done by about three o'clock so that gives me time to recoup and get ready to start lessons at four and I'll do lessons all evening and usually don't get done until about nine o'clock at night so um it's it's busy but I love it I'm a busy person and I can't stay staying sitting at home and not doing anything that's when I started rodeo and I just love to get out there and travel so staying busy is definitely something that I love to do so if I wasn't a busy person this would not be the job for me but um it's a it's a lot of hard work but I love it so uh with two barns does that work like you take one day and go to a barn and then the next day you'll be at the other one yes. or do you just like travel back and forth <laughs> both so lesson wise um I've only had the Bristol barn for a couple weeks now and that was a lot too um was trying to figure out how to schedule both places because I'm like you know I can't be doing one lesson in Chilhowee one in Bristol and then one in Chilhowee and then one in Bristol because I'm just going to spend most of my time running so I really had to sit down and get with the clients that I had now because you know Bristol gave me access to open up for new clients like in that direction and um, I already had some that were traveling all the way from Bristol to me so they were you know thankful I was coming closer to them so I had to work with everybody and figure out what days and times worked best but right now um, I'm at Chilhowee you know I ride all of my consignment horses and I keep all of my personal horses in Chilhowee just because that's close to me so I'm in Chilhowee every day like during the day but I give evening lessons in Chilhowee on um, Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays I give lessons at Bristol in the evenings and if I go to Bristol um, I have an outdoor arena down there and an indoor so I'll take some you know horses that need road or need exposed to like different areas I'll haul them with me and I'll ride them down there so I'm back and forth all throughout the week but as far as lesson times I mean I have to have set times of which places I'm where so I'm not just spending all my time running <laughs> <laughs> um 
so you focus mostly on barrel racing and and that with your business but do you ever offer like trail rides like you said with the kids camp have you ever taken them off trail riding yeah so not with the kids camps because i've had so many kids i mean that would be a <laughs> lot they get to ride but i keep them in a confined area for them to ride so <laughs> taking kids out trail riding might be an adventure but i do um take kids trail riding like some of my kids um, that have barrel horses with me. It's good for the horses to get out there and do something different and keep them calm. So I have a lot of kids that for their lesson, you know, I'll say, hey, let's go trail riding today. Um, let's go do something different. So um, that is something I'll, you know, do. And I plan to do more of that. Um, well, lights went off. <laughs> <laughs> so I plan to do more of that and potentially offer it to more tourist and everything to be able to come in and take trail rides because I have had calls um, you know from people saying hey we just want to ride a horse can we go on a trail ride and I've done it just because you know I'm pretty flexible and that's the good thing about being your own boss is you're flexible and make your own schedule so if I have the time to do it I do it so I wouldn't say I don't do that I just I have a lot of ideas for this business and more things to offer but I'm the only one that, you know, I'm over this. So trying to make it all happen, it's a process, but I plan to keep bringing more to the table and we'll we'll see how it goes. So, yeah. You know, uh, when you get those um, people asking for trail rides, you ought to just set them on a barrel horse and oh, send yeah. them out there. Yeah, yeah, that's, barrel horses, they have a different mindset to them. Um, my boyfriend, when we first got together, he went trail riding with me and he, I put him on a dead broke horse, and he had he had rode a little bit, but not a whole lot. And he was doing good, and he was just picking on me. He's like, "Put me on that barrel horse. Put me on that barrel horse." And we got to the top of the mountain, and I was like, "You know, you know what? Fine. If you want to ride him? Fine." So I got off of him, and I was like, "Now I'm not swapping saddles." And you know, my boyfriend, he's pretty tall, and I'm five one, so you know, you can just imagine the saddle size difference. And barrel saddles are smaller, anyways, because you gotta stay confined in them. So um, I got off, and I was like, "Fine, you can ride my barrel horse, but you, I'm not changing saddles. You're gonna have to just suck it up and ride in that one." Well, he didn't, I guess, understand the difference of you know the different mindsets of barrel horses compared to just dead broke trail horses and he thought he would be funny and he picked up I have like an over under on my saddle horn and for those that don't know what that is it's like it's a whip but it hooks to your saddle horn he thought he'd be funny by picking that whip up and he wasn't hitting my horse with it but before I barrel race like I'll pick that whip up and I don't even have to touch my horse but he just knows that means hey it's time to go <laughs> And he picked that up and my horse took off and I thought I thought that was gonna be the end of my boyfriend and my horse that day, I'll be honest. <laughs> I was like I was so mad. He was laughing, but um yeah, barrel horses have a totally different mindset and anybody that thinks they can just ride a barrel horse, they're welcome to come to my barn and I'll 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 let them on a barrel horse. <laughs> um so we've only got a few minutes left here before the end of it. Um, so outside of horses, does your family do any type of farming or anything like that? Or is it just strictly horses? Pretty, pretty much horses. My dad, um, he bought some land 
um, I would say a couple of years ago, but it's time flies. It's not been a couple of years ago. It's been an, a while ago, but he had to like clear it all off and um, put fence on it. And he plans to start um, running some cattle okay. on the riverside part of his land. But we have two pet cows, so <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. So um, I would say we, it's just you know horses but I love being around like any kind of farm animals and stuff so it's not something that like I'm opposed to and any kind of random farming that I ever get to have any part of I'm all for even if it's just feeding a bottle calf so (laughs) I think it's cool and I like to be around um, farming but so hopefully maybe one day my family will have some cattle but right now I got too much going on for me to even think (laughs) about it. So would you consider keeping horses farming or ranching? Because I've heard like people call it horse farming and that just doesn't sound right to me. What yeah, would... see when I think of farming, I think of like cattle and, yeah. you know, like actually like farming. But, and then ranching, like when I think of ranching, I think of using your horse for cattle, like, and stuff like that. So I guess I would say like really neither like I guess it's somewhere in between them I mean you know farming you are taking care of the horses and making sure that you are responsible for them so I guess that's where people would um, call it horse farming but I don't call it horse farming because you know I also think well I don't just take my horses and go plant them out in the fields and they just grow or something just so, gotta water them. Yeah, yeah so um, I wouldn't call it farming but I wouldn't call it ranching either because when I think of ranching I think of you know getting out there on your horse and spending all day long on your horse working cattle or something like that. So I don't know, I guess somewhere in between or neither. (laughs) Um, And then another fun little question. There's a lot of movies about rodeo. I mean, eight seconds is the one everyone knows. Yes, yes, love eight seconds. Do you have a favorite? Um, I love eight seconds, but recently a good one to watch. And I think I love it too. um, Just because I've, you know, watched it and like I know her. Um, but Walk Ride Rodeo, it's on Netflix and it's about Amberly Snyder. It's based on a true story. Um, but I met Amberly Snyder in Texas and I went to one of her clinics. I actually like shared the same house she was staying in with her and you know, I met her so I think I love that movie too, just because like I know her and I know her story. But she's a big inspiration, so that movie is awesome for anybody to watch whether they're into horses or not it's just a good inspirational movie but love eight seconds too so yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you how many times i've watched eight seconds <laughs> oh yeah everybody uh you gotta love that with lane yes, frost you yes, know yes. such a sad yes. sad situation i cry there. in that movie and i don't cry like <laughs> a lot in movies but anytime it's to do with something i can kind of relate to or animals it gets to me but eight seconds always gets to me <laughs> yeah that ending scene that that makes most people tear oh, up yeah. a little bit where uh who is it tough riding that tough, bull for him yes, yeah yes. See, i watched eight seconds so many times you know kelly and lane ate at whataburger for their first mm-hmm. date so when i went to texas i was like i've got to eat at a whataburger because that's <laughs> on eight seconds and Whataburger out there is kind of like a McDonald's around here. Like, they're just everywhere. But, like, I walked in, and I think I expected them to have, like, eight-second pictures on, like, the <laughs> walls and stuff. But I guess Whataburger um, owners, you know, are not as big of eight-second fans as I was. But I didn't realize it was more like a McDonald's thing out there either. Yeah. Like, there's so many Whataburgers. But I was kind of disappointed. I was like, I thought it would be related around eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what's your... Uh 
What's your like favorite cowboy or cowgirl, or I guess you can pick one of each? Um, I don't know. I as far as cowboy, I really like Trevor Brazil just because he's kind of all around mm-hmm. and he, you know, he does a lot of everything. Um, Tough Cooper, he's you know a big time roper. And then as far as cowgirl. As far as inspirational wise, I mean Sydney Blanchard, of course, because that's who <laughs> Rascal came from, and I, you know, I know her. Like yeah. she's a professional that I actually know. But Amberly Snyder, um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many good ones that I like to watch. Lisa Lockhart. Um, I don't know. I just, I just like watching the big professionals. <laughs> and uh, what do you think separates? Uh, well, we're uh, we're running down on a little bit of time here. Time got away from me a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I get to talk about horses. It, it just it goes away. <laughs> time flies. But uh, I'd like to um, thank you for being on the show and then uh, tell people about your business one more time real quick before yeah, we wrap up thank, here. Thank you guys for having me. And if anybody is interested in lessons, um, horse consignment, training, um, anything really horse-related, Give me a call um, at 276-698-6237. And I'm located in Chilhowee, Virginia, and Bristol, Virginia now. And you can find me on Facebook at Spurring G. Equine. And uh, she does know her stuff about horses. We've we've talked for before the show started and uh, throughout the show about all sorts of stuff with the uh, horses and all that and about this area. Um, but... I'd really like to thank y'all for listening to um, Live in Appalachia on WEHC 90.7.